When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Baker's, no matter where you order free pickup, you get the same great deals as you'd get in store. So you can save when you order during band practice or at the dog park or wherever. Start your cart with the Baker's app and save from wherever today. Baker's, fresh for everyone. $35 order minimum. Restrictions may apply. Subject to availability. You can save an extra $10 when you spend 40 or more on a great selection of participating items. Just look for the signs and save at Baker's. Hello and welcome to episode 106 of As you probably know, I'll be talking to a couple of lads from the band Thumper, Oshin and Alan from Thumper, in this episode. But what a momentous day it is for me. My daughter finished her leaving cert today. She did her last exam. Physics. Honours physics. How hard could your last exam be? Except maybe honours maths, but honours physics... And uh, she's not, uh, she's doing honours physics, but she's applying for arts courses because she's uh, into art. But uh, uh, so she's finished it and uh, I'm, uh, what, uh, it's, it's amazing. That's my second uh, offspring, finished school, finished school, all of them finished school, both of them finished school. Strange, uh, strange uh, feeling altogether because... Uh, I've just spent last night watching old uh, home videos that I shot when uh, she and my son were little toddlers, which I never looked at. They were all shot on this old, you know, camera on a high eight little tape cassette thing. I just shot over over years and uh, never looked at them and then just had them in a box and then I just got them transferred. Yesterday, and I was looking at them, and it's fucking nuts now. So anybody who has uh, little chiselers, little kids, it's uh, it's 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 mad. It flies. It flies in. It flies in. And uh, all that uh, work and stuff that you did when they're little toddlers, because you know they they're hard work. I mean, you've got to mind them because they don't have any sense. Children don't have any idea. So, uh, and when they're really young, they can't even walk. You have to carry them. Uh, and uh, and then it gets easier and easier, I think. And um, and then they, look, they're finished school, but there's still uh, still college to go. So it's not like it's, it's not like they're setting off uh, leaving and and. I'll never see them again, right? Uh, but but 
presume like because it's the way it is these days because i can't afford a fucking rent i i i I could leave home and rent a a shitty bed sit in dublin but um now that fact that shitty bed sits are no longer they're out they're outlawed so in one sense shitty accommodation um is a good thing because it means you can get out of your home and just no. I actually lived in one room I shared a room with another fella and we had one room and a tiny little sink in the kitchen and two single beds uh, but what was amazing was I could play records all night now I probably annoyed the neighbours by doing that but but uh, it wasn't my wasn't my uh, father gone turn that down so that kind of stuff but then lived on absolute rubbish donuts and hot dogs one week or two weeks i remember um so uh that's a momentous day correcto last week i did the two days in the uh musical angel of broadway two nights in the national concert hall so yes you are talking to a person who has sang in inverted commas there, uh, in front with the uh, RTE Symphony Orchestra in the National Concert Hall. That is unbelievable. So that was good. Standing ovations and all that malarkey. And uh, we talk about it in this podcast, actually, because I played with, um, I sang, but in the orchestra is Jimmy Smith, the guitarist in the orchestra is Jimmy Smith from Navin. Um, what is it about Navin? If if you don't know, well, like obviously we all know Tommy Tiernan's from Navin. Dylan Moran, Moran, not Moran, is from Navin, and uh, that um, that's the comedy angle. Uh, but uh, Jimmy Smith, the guitarist with the uh, RTE Orchestra, is from Navin, and the guy who wrote that uh, musical I was in, Angel of Broadway, the composer. Uh, Brian Byrne is from uh, Navin as well. And I'm from nearby Navin. So I could claim a little bit of that. But there's also more people like that. And we mentioned Jimmy Smith in this podcast because uh, he taught he taught at BIM. And we we talk about BIM. BIM is a, a college that, uh, a musical college. What does BIM stand for, actually? I'm going to look it up. But it's where a lot of people go to learn the music industry. You can study... Uh, being a guitarist or songwriting and all that you know but uh, Jimmy Smith teaches guitar there um still don't know what it means B-I-M-M um what does BIM stand for ah sure it doesn't matter you can look that up yourself you fucking agents could be something Institute of Music Music, music, probably bloody institute of musical music could be that. And uh, uh, we we uh, chat a bit about uh, uh, Jimmy Smith. Jimmy Smith uh, t- talk guitar there, yeah, but uh, he he also uh, played them. John McLaughlin. So John McLaughlin's a guitar, an English guitarist, and he played with um, Miles Davis. And Carlos Santana 
of the Mahavishnu Orchestra. You can check him out. He played on Bitches Brew, that album that Miles Davis. That's that's the guy that we referenced there. And also Fikra Trench. Um, Fikra Trench and Jimmy Smith. I interviewed them on my podcast, both of them. Uh, Fikra Trench is the man who did the arrangements for the strings on Fairytale New York, on lots of Van Morrison stuff, like Have I Told You Lately That I Love You, on the Boomtown Rats, I Don't Like Mondays, on... Phil Linnett's song, Old Town. Like, what? He's worked on some of the most amazing songs. Anyway, this is Fikra Trench. And, and that's who we, and he... And he taught... Um, he worked with Paul McCartney, Elvis Costello, Art Garfunkel, Kate Bush. He taught Linda McCartney how to play piano. Uh, so that's a podcast you could check out. Well, we reference him in this uh, in t- chat with Thumper. And Thumper... Thumper have... A new EP out. And they're absolutely brilliant. I mean, I'm going to play a song now anyway, so you can check that out for yourself. But the the um, EP is called Out of Body Auto Message. Five songs on it. And they're just amazing, heavy, melodic pop. But with incredibly brilliant sounds coming from the guitars. And two drummers, heavy sound. Brilliant stuff. But what, what's the point in talking about it? Uh, I'm going to play a song here at the beginning in my room. And then at the end, I'm going to stick on another song called Down, which is feckin' brilliant. And the, the lads gave me a final of the EP and it's, it's amazing. So, um, yeah. So here it is. This is my chat with Alan and Oshin of Thumper. Milk 
it down. That's amazing. It's really good in the car. Sound. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, that was like our kind of first attempt at making something that sounded good in a car, all right. <laughs> so everything before that was one mic, just in a rehearsal room, and not didn't sound good in a car. didn't sound good anywhere, really. Well, like recording, that's how you did it. The first three EPs, yeah, were just one, maybe not even a mic, me and a laptop. Yeah? Mm. And then that was... Do yeah. it playing live, like playing it live? No, I live. just recorded everything. Everything uh, uh, through the laptop? Yeah, mm-hmm. I like... it. So like the band band the way it is now is mm. we arrived at this point but like the very very start was just like a recording project you know for oh. a couple of tunes so um, how long goes that now ninety something <laughs> uh, <laughs> he actually re- he actually released tapes as well that's that's all yeah there's three tapes <laughs> three different tapes but four years ago I started yeah and for the following three years then it was like me recording all the song everything doing all the artwork and all that shit. And then, yeah, we started writing. The well, the band kind of formed around that, and then it was a band. It wasn't yeah. just me anymore. And then, with that song down in particular, it was like I, I did try and do it myself, but I was like, "This is really shit." So it was like, "It's time to start." How you weren't recording drums with just the laptop, were you? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, just one mic just behind my head, pointed downward. I figured yeah. that was the best because I didn't know how to mix anything. Yeah. So I figured like. If you use your ears as logic with a capital L, I'm not talking about the recording software. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with a lowercase L, I should say. Like the mix that I wanted was the one I could hear from behind the drum kit, so I just pointed the mic over my shoulder and played drums. Yeah. And that's what I did. Well. But I didn't do that with Down. Down was the studio, first studio thing we recorded. Mm-hmm. No, it's brilliant. Uh, Sing. And in my room as well. It's amazing. And what? so what are the three... What are the three... E- you have three EPs, is it? That's the fourth one that came oh, out. Fourth. Isn't it? The one that just came out is the fourth one, but to be honest, we kind of see that as mm. our first one. It's our first oh, yeah. thing we record as a band. It's, like it's the it's the songs that most kind of represent us currently, and the mm. earliest stuff really was like a work in progress in public. You know, uh, yeah, but is Ma- Magnum Opus mm-hmm. really sounds amazing. That's uh, done with the with the yeah. yeah. I you met a lot of people who disagree with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, no, honestly, I'm not trying to be false modest here. I think I can stand behind the songs, you know. I like, but looking back, it's very harsh on the ears. I can see the difference, right? Mm. But I still, I still really like that. Cool. You know, it's really good. Uh, that was why, it, like, the songs was always the, and still is the main focus. So that was why it was so ramshackle in every other way. Because it was just the songs. Get the songs out, record them, write them, release them. Yeah, and right. Then, you know, let the whatever. But fun. like, there's melod, there's melodies there, and that's what makes every song, no matter how heavy it is. Mm. Sure. Would you agree? Yeah. Th- that's the that's the goal. You know, yeah. make it like that's where the noise pop thing came from. That's what we were, what we're aiming for is this genre of noise pop. I don't know whether it exists. I don't. I don't listen to any noise pop. But it's, now. But it's like mm. be as noisy. And as abrasive as possible, but retain that kind of pop sensibility. Yeah, and uh, because a lot of he- heavy bands and all that, but if they don't have melody, it just doesn't. Like melody, mm. it, melody is the crux of most songs that I love. Mm. Even though I love really heavy bands, I love really, you know, I love lots of different types of music. It's the thing 
mm. know, will always go back to. That's why I love girl band. That's why I love Bob Dylan. That's why you know. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. So, um, did yeah. you see that uh, Bob Dylan uh, documentary that's on Netflix? Uh, that mm-hmm. It's pretty good. Watch the essay. It's long. It's very long. It's very interesting. Uh, that whole thing, uh, uh, the whole kind of worship of Bob Dylan. That as John Boyaz was saying that mm-hmm. uh, that uh, she dressed up as him, and nobody, no, they just saw it as uh, they. She put the hat on and this white makeup up, and right. she got all this respect. Crazy. They didn't even look at <laughs> the fact that it wasn't Bob. <laughs> it was wow. just the costume. Mm. And I just think it must be fucking shit in a way to just be never really in contact with people. Mm. Yeah, but like if you look at that album, it's amazing, right? And there's so much like work gone into the aesthetics of it, how it looks, how they looked on stage. And you're talking about John Baez literally wearing a Halloween costume as Bob Dylan. Mm. But like the reason that documentary is interesting is because no one really after the fact I feel talked about that that much it's the songs that Hurricane and it's the songs that people are still talking about yeah yeah yeah, you yeah. Know, all that shit falls away you know absolutely yeah yeah and that's again what, that's yeah. what I think anyway brilliant uh, melodies like Simple Trick of Fate and Oh Sister they're just amazing songs that's it like and you're not you're not thinking about the face paint when you're listening to the record you know yeah yeah I mean I am still thinking about his cool cowboy hat that he had with the bouquet on the side of it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I've, yeah, I've thought about, uh, I, I was looking at that going, I wonder... What but cowboy I, hats don't make records. No, they don't. P- people I'd make love records. that we know of, anyway. <laughs> Who knows? Cowboy hat, <laughs> cowboy hat made a record. I would be the first person to buy it. <laughs> Yeehaw, volume one. Bring it on. <laughs> Three or four cowboy hats, yeah. actually. It formed a band. Um, but uh, I was thinking maybe uh, I, I don't know if you could do stand up I do stand up obviously but uh, wearing makeup I probably wouldn't work that well you could do it You people would pay attention to you but if your jokes were shit it wouldn't matter would it uh, no I think that like you just like, I just couldn't imagine playing moat wearing makeup <laughs> or uh, athlone or something like that you know? <laughs> but <laughs> yeah I also wouldn't, yeah, I wouldn't want to turn up. I think in any direction you wouldn't want to turn up to those places unprepared. Yeah. Do you think uh, bands nowadays, like, like when I was looking at that, say, the Bob Dylan documentary, or I think about Bowie or, say, Roxy Music, that when you when I looked at them, they were, like, from another planet. They were just ah, from another planet. Do you think, and I get, some, I get this feeling some bands, oh, let's say, I don't know, Snow Patrol or something like that, they, they just look like five lads who've just been down the pub and I kind of, that really, it's just very bland to me. Um, yeah, I think Snow Patrol's music sounds like five <laughs> lads down the back of a pub, to be honest. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, but yeah, but in general, like, like... Ziggy Stardust is just... Bowie delivering, you know, like the song mm. stood up. That it was, it was like following the songs to their natural conclusion, wasn't it? Like it's very freeing, like to to embody a persona and be someone different. Like not that necessarily the music is caught up to that stage yet, but 
Certainly, like, when I get on stage now, I don't... I'm not thinking about, uh, like, how much rent I owe or what I'm going to make for dinner or whatever. It, I find it a necessity almost to become a different person mm. to a certain extent, not in a disingenuous way. But I think if you try to... St- if you try to be the same person who, like, orders a roll in the shop when you're on stage, it's not going to make for a very compelling no. performance. Uh, You've got to take on a persona, even if it's just an exaggeration of, of, of part of... What, well, the, the tunes and the songs yeah. is just a jumping off point, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, as you know, as I said, like, maybe you're just following to its natural conclusion, but it is exaggerated, you know, as any pop song is an exaggerated version of... Or like <coughs> a blown up version of small emotions that you might have breaking up yeah. with someone, or whatever. Like it's the same thing. It's just yes, yeah. It's, it's yeah. magnifying it just larger. Yeah, a I, part don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. In three I minutes. think maybe you know I, there's nothing wrong with Snow Patrol. I suppose it's why why are you listening to music? What do you want it to make you feel? Do you want to like ground yourself so you just listen to a couple of dudes playing a really nice song, or do you listen to something that's mad arty because you want to like just go off into another world for a totally, while you know yeah. so it's, mm. it's whatever you're into you know yeah. and yeah. even like Radiohead or something who make very compelling wide screen compelling. music mm. off stage seem like the most normal people ever by and large most of them mm. but on stage they contort and they look like aliens up there maybe part of that's because of the music they're making mm. but like mm. Yeah, but like uh, that's a kind of well, I think that's because if you uh, project some character or something on stage, then you're probably quite healthy mentally outside of that. Whereas people who are normal on stage, I think they're probably nutcases. I'm not saying it's no patrol. That's not like the example we're talking about. Um, that you hear of doing mad well, look, shit. I, I think if you if you're trying to carry the 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 emotional weight of singing songs off stage with you, then the job never ends, mm. and you lose you lose your mind. It, it it has happened to me for a while, you know, and this is where the revelation came from. Is like I was really struggling to uh, find a balance between the person I was on stage and off stage. It was really difficult because, like, mm. y- you know, to a certain extent, you're being very. Uh, um, much a uh, extrovert on stage. Yeah, none of us are really like that off stage. And so I was like, right, well, do I do we rein it in on stage and act really bashful and not give the songs their dues, or do we change who we ultimately are as people off stage and act like fucking <laughs> legends every time we walk into Whelan's. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And neither neither seemed like a plausible uh, thing to do. So, yeah. It's just, what, what we do is just what's naturally happened. We've never really talked about that, like, oh, you should rein it in, you shouldn't put your foot up on that speaker. Or no, I suppose we've never talked about it as a band, but it, it, it's definitely something personally that that I've thought about a lot and, and the most comfortable uh, place that I've arrived at is yeah, just compartmentalizing the two, just being who I am off, off stage, yeah. being who I am on stage, and letting that. Be yeah, absolutely. Uh, you yeah, have to do that, or you'd go nuts if you try to live up to the yeah. to what you are on stage. Absolutely. And yet you can't be. You're right. You can't be the normal guy on stage either. 
I think it's it's right. It's meant. It's the way it is. I mean, it's probably why, in one sense, maybe I, I, in stand up as well, it might be why I started doing comedy is just because I was quiet and shy, and then I just needed something. Mm. Mm. Uh, it's hard to articulate it as well, isn't it? Like, yeah. my my younger brother asked me, he was talking about this. He's like, "What, what is it like that? If <laughs> I'm so inward, like when I'm in a bar, or how can I? We roll around the ground, fucking screaming at each other on stage. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> what, how, it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know what the fucking answer is. You know? mm. Yeah. Well, yeah. There must be something deep in us. Uh, yeah. Um, I do a lot of gigs with Patrick McDonnell who, who was Owen McElove in mm-hmm. Father Ted you know and he's really quiet and, and never curses off stage and the minute he gets on he just can't stop saying fuck constantly <laughs> it's, it's amazing but he curses on stage but he not off he curses on stage yeah constantly oh wow even if he's like we've done a couple of gigs in where the audience are a bit conservative so every I'm backstage going every time he says fuck the audience are hating him more and more and more and the more they hate him the more he says fuck <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's just a different person yeah. yeah it's amazing amazing to see but um, but yeah you can't get stuck into that and look, I guess uh, uh, like I've always felt when I was to, doing gigs over in England as well you'd walk into a room and you and you were just a I just felt like uh, such a. I can't talk to anyone in this room, you know. I felt like mm-hmm. I'm not. Uh, I don't feel at home here because I'm out of my comfort zone. And then you come off stage and everyone's going, "Oh, that was great!" and all that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're kind of a hero for. There's something about <laughs> the formality of getting on stage that I find comforting, you know. Like there's boundaries. There's things yeah. the audience are gonna do. <laughs> there's things you're gonna do and mm. everyone knows what the conversation is mm. and then when you step off stage it's a uh, social free-for-all and that can be scary sometimes um, arguably more scary if you're like we just played uh, it was like our first ever sellout thing, uh, show for that EP that we just brought out I felt even weirder coming off stage there to a room full of people who arguably you know really liked our band and really liked yeah. what we were doing I don't know why it's like all the attention was as soon as I stepped off stage I fucking you know I was back to ground ground machine as opposed to stage right right mm-hmm. right yeah just weird you know and so um, are you touring outside of Ireland at all I know you're loads of festivals coming up in the summer and all that and our first European gig was Primavera a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Which right. was great. Um, that seems to be it. At the minute, we're just sort of conquering Ireland, I think, as it stands. There's loads of Irish festivals at the minute. Yeah, well, I mean. A couple of UK ones planned. UK mm. festival pl- coming up sort of thing. But, yeah, just Ireland for the minute. We're yeah, gonna, yeah, sure. Like a, this is kind of our summer at home, I feel, the way things are going. like mm. We're going to be pretty busy outside for from next year on so uh, um, yeah I really I'm really looking forward to it. I'm really looking forward to where we're at now because this is our first as I like started this like four years ago it's starting to get a bit of traction now it's really nice playing shows and uh, just there's a really communal mm. um, 
thing happening and every gig is just seems to be getting better and better for whatever reason and it's such mm -hmm. a sort of cyclical thing because then we get more confidence and mm -hmm. put more into it um but i really enjoyed then going to primavera where we didn't have the luxury of fans in the audience right yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um had a couple of people a couple of you know sneaky expats in the corner here and there but like for the most part we were playing to people who had no idea who we were yeah. and uh I kind of enjoyed that equally, or it was different. Mm -hmm. Clean slate, just sort of throw out what you have, and yeah. hopefully it's picked up. Like, and thankfully it was. Yeah, everyone stayed. Everyone had a good time. So. <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking forward to more of that. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So how met like the sixties together, and uh, how did the band get together? Uh, well, yeah, as I said, it started mm. off as a basically recording project. Mm. Then, um, that summer I wanted to, I kind of liked the songs. It was it was unassuming. I just kind of threw it out. So I wasn't expecting to be as into it as I was in the end. I was mm. like, right, we'll do a few festivals and got a few friends together. And but you started off, you played everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it was it was. I had really bad writer's block for about two years. Yeah, and that was it. Was a way of getting out of it. It was a completely different method. And sort of sound, I suppose, to what I was going for before. It was very immediate, the early songs were anyway. Mm. Not overthinking it, recording it as soon as you wrote it, releasing it, even though it sounded like shit. And, do you know what I mean? So yeah, I had no chance to kind of go back on it. Even right. calling it Thumper was... I didn't have to worry about it being under my own name and that sort of mm. freed me to, to do something slightly different, I guess. Yeah. And... um so then there was a slow period of it being a solo thing that I had a band for and then gradually um yeah, now it's now it's a six piece monster, two drummers and three guitarists and mm. um But I I think I I always wanted to, you know, it started off with a band name. I feel like I always wanted it to be a band. Yeah. Mm. And it really is now. All the songs we write now are collaborative and it's re I'm much more comfortable in that. I really enjoy that part of being in the band. You know, I, I never right. really particularly want to be the main focus. I like the I like the collaborative thing. I like yeah. being ahead amongst six. You right. Do you, you're, are you from Dublin, are you? Yeah. What part of Dublin are you from? From uh, County Dublin. County Dublin. Lusk. I live, live in town, like, but... Yeah, Lusk. That, that's where I grew up. Oh, yeah. I live in Drada out there. So condolences, sorry. Condolences. I mean, we got a good, <laughs> we got a good train service going out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, it's it's good. There's a lot of action there now. A lot of people being shot. It's pretty cool, actually. That's sweet, man. Yeah. Death is super in. Sorry, Su death super duper in. <laughs> it is really, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's almost as big as living these yeah. days. Oh, it's really cool. Yeah, yeah. It's taking uh, off. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, actually, one night I was about go for a jog and I opened my front door and there was Garda tape across my a lot of death in North Strand where I'm living at the moment not a lot of death some death more death than in Lusk yeah um, so sometimes you have the comforting sound of choppers overhead as you go to bed yeah it's nice and I see in Drada there's loads of guards going around with bulletproof vests I think they might be armed as well Drada so yeah, they they drafted in twenty extra what? guards 
There's a feud going on. Like, I'm not involved. I mean, it's something to do with me. You had tape on your door, though. Oh, that was uh, uh, the pub diagonally across from me had a pipe bomb in it. Wow. And apparently they'd knocked on my door and I didn't hear them. I I shouldn't have been in the... Got a lot of of information for someone who's not involved. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Thinking about going for a jog, I don't think is an alibi. (laughs) (laughs) I was going to see if the coast You can can edit this out if it's getting too hot in here. (laughs) I was going to run really quickly away from (laughs) the pub. (laughs) To your house. (laughs) It's three doors diagonally down the road. Yeah. I can edit this out anyway. I'm in control of this podcast, so (laughs) say whatever you like, but it's not going out. Um, But, uh, oh yeah, Luskin, where are you from yourself? I'm from Leash. Leash? Yeah. What part? What part? It's a place called McGainey. It's exactly where Leash, Carlo and Kildare touch. Ocean's heard this about 17 oh times. Right, so yeah. He's, he's, yeah, closest pub. It used to be a pub called the Three Counties Pub. Very good. Yeah, so I'm, I'm a country man. Through Shout yeah. out Three Counties Pub. Sh- not, not there now, but it it's was a big there. podcast. And I, there. Sorry, I don't know what you play uh, uh, instrumentally. I play guitar and I sing back and vocals. Okay, grand. Because yeah. I haven't seen you live and I wanted to go and see the launch. Right. But I was playing a gig in Moat that night. Happened <laughs> to Moat? It was, yeah, it, got, it uh, was a horrible gig as well. So I wish oh, I was. Sorry to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, so, how, like, how did you how did you get involved? Yeah, so I would have met Oshin through college, through Bim Dublin. Actually, noticed oh, that you, you would have interviewed Jimmy Smith. I interviewed player. Jimmy Smith uh, in my podcast. Yeah, yeah. I, I was looking at your uh, your what you had done. Yeah. he would have taught me. Oh, sorry. Oh, did he? Yeah. In, oh, so you both went to Bim, did you? Yeah. Um, all of us, the whole all band of the band went to, went to, Bim. Bim. Went to like to be honest, we weren't really. We're all kind of slightly different years and didn't yeah. have too much contact musically or otherwise in college. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's just the way it happened. Yeah, like yeah, yeah the friend sort of friendships just sort of bonded first, and then it was yeah. like, "Oh, do you want to be in my band? Your sound?" And I was like, "Yeah, of course." Right. Mm. I was a sort of fan of Thumper for a while, and then I joined later on, sort of thing. And oh yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. So it just it's been pretty good ever since. And what do you think of Jimmy? Jimmy Smith. Jimmy's great. He's good, isn't he? He's, he's a he's a legend of a man. It was the first class that we ever had with Jimmy. Probably shouldn't say this. Well, no, it's not that. It's not the worst. He came in. It was like he's meant to start teaching us guitar, yeah. and he was just like, "Everyone, put down your guitars." And he put on this YouTube video, a band called Mahavishnu Orchestra, oh, uh, yeah, but John McLaughlin, McLaughlin, yeah, and just blew all of our minds. And was like, "You're never going to be that good, but that's cool." And we were all just like, "Okay, scales." Just like yeah, so it was, he, right. he, he was really good for that sort of stuff, like really inspirational sort of teacher. Yeah, and. Uh, He's a wicked player as well and a really nice guy. Yeah, yeah. I actually worked with him last week. I, I got a part in a, a musical that was uh, it, two nights in the National Concert Hall. Oh, no way. And he plays in the RT Symphony Orchestra. He does, yeah. So uh, he was there playing away. There you go. Uh, I don't know why I was I can't. I can sing, but just about. Nice. And can you, and dance? you hmm? Sorry? Can you dance? I uh, didn't have to dance. I had to be a bit... I had to do two characters, a French maitre d'. I had a good French accent, so. Uh, but uh, it's weird. I was I was singing uh, dialogue, which is a bit like an opera, but nice, not. Yeah, we're yeah. not with the big singing, but yeah. it's really fun? odd. Sorry, so it's fun. Yeah, it took me a while to get into it because not like singing a song. So um, 
you know, my timing, I found it hard oh, to get the timing imagine, right. Yeah. Because that's just wait for other people to sing their lines and then come in. But uh, I'm not trained that way. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so it took me, it's just repetition. That's how I got it. But there's a guy called Brian Byrne who, who he's, he's from Navin, but he lives in LA, I think. But he composed this big Sweet. It's pretty cool. Play concert, uh, play the hall. Amazing for yeah. me. I'm not even yeah. trained that way. And I ended up singing with an orchestra. In What's the title the of the show, Joe? The Angel of Broadway. Oh, it's a plug. It's yeah. a plug for you. Well, uh, <laughs> retroactive plug. <laughs> fucking late now. <laughs> but it was it was uh, two nights, and they were obviously they they weren't they were looking for backing, so that it was two nights, so that producers could come in. So if somebody right. takes it on, they'll just get someone famous in in my spot. Now they want. To, I don't know, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, who knows? I could end up. On Broadway, mm. could do. Who knows? You and Jimmy, yeah, arm, arm in arm. <laughs> but Jimmy, yeah, he's great. He, he yeah. do you know Jimmy? I do, yeah. Of yeah. You, you would have interviewed Kathy as well, right? Kathy Davy. Because she, I did, she actually. would have taught Ushin songwriting. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Kathy. I didn't know she taught. Yeah. She, I know she's not there anymore. Yeah. Um, but so Alan specialized in guitar, and I specialized in songwriting when I was there, mm. and I would have been a huge fan of Kathy and. Just the loveliest, most inspirational and humble woman mm. you could ever meet. Mm-hmm. Really fucking amazing songwriter. Mm. And uh, just no no bullshit about her, you know. There's a lot of... I ended up... <clears throat> she did this dog charity album. I don't know if you remember this. Yeah. Villagers were on it. And yeah. Who else? David Doherty and Neil Hannon. Loads of heads were on it. And in second year of college, I ended up singing and playing a little bit of different instruments in the band. We played like Vicar Street and fucking Sugar Club and all these like really big gigs for me, especially mm. then and as a fan of hers. And would have met a lot of Irish songwriters and heads that you would know. And they're all nice, everyone's nice. Not all of them were sincerely nice about having a twenty-year-old backstage of Vicar Street along with five, ten other twenty-year-olds. Yeah, yeah. But Kathy wasn't. I think that just speaks volume to her personality and her sort of ethic of just you know the work. Yeah, she's she's really nice. Because um, when I interviewed her, she invited me out to the house at they have out in Kildare. Ah, oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. With a load of donkeys and dogs there. I haven't yeah. got out to the donkeys in the gaff yet. Yeah. But uh, they did, they have a area a picnic, the my lovely ranch. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've so performed there. Yeah, the I might have even seen years. it because I've performed there a bunch of times and would have, like stage managed on sound and all sorts of oh, shit. Really? Oh really? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, she was uh, yeah champ. And did you meet Neil Hannon? Hannon? Yeah. O- over there, yeah. yeah, yeah. Played the late late show. With Neil Hannon. <laughs> did you? Did Jeff? Yeah. They had a song called One Ear Up, One Ear Down about one of their doggies. And uh, my granny plays that every Christmas since. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to everyone. That's lovely. That comes into the house. Oh, were you playing like mandolin on or something? I was playing mandolin, but it was all mostly the backing track. So I, I don't know how to play mandolin. I put sellotape over the strings. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I was like, <laughs> Probably shouldn't be saying this live. <laughs> the, the, the listeners want to see behind the curtain this is how yeah, it all happens that is behind the curtain for sure <laughs> um, but uh, yeah meeting Cathy that early in 
uh, I guess my career was was a really good thing because it just, I guess, a lot of the, a lot of the things technically that she taught me would be still stand to me now, but also mainly just what type of person to be mm-hmm. in this industry. Just be fucking sound, right? Yeah. Um, and I think yeah. she she went through period when she got signed, and they tried to make her into something mm-hmm. that she wasn't. I think that mm-hmm. she, she found that difficult. Yeah, it's yeah. happened to a few people. Mundy as well, apparently. When he started out, they wanted him to be the pretty boy. He looks completely different now. He looks like a big lad, big <laughs> Irish man. We're all <laughs> headed there, buddy. <laughs> We're all headed there. <laughs> yeah, it's inevitable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, um, so are you on a label? You're on L Records, is it? L. We're no, we're not. We're on uh, what is it? Reckless Records. Reckless. Sorry, is the, is the name uh, Little L? Little L is sorry. an independent label that helped us put out some of the tapes. Well, helped me put out some of the tapes back in the, uh, the early the, days. The lo-fi era. Oh, okay. So um, that was Little L. That's yeah. that's run by mm-hmm. a guy called Callum, fucking workhorse, um, and he uh, yeah just put out loads of lovely stuff from Miles Manley and a bunch of different Joey Gavin, a bunch of different Irish heads. Mm. Um, and yeah, I, but he's you know, as with a lot of these independent labels, he's just a dude. So after a while, I kind of felt bad because he's just fucking bankrolling my weird tape fantasy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. I just had to be like, all right, dude, I'm just gonna stop asking you for your rent money. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and then yeah, we started working with this. Uh, I mean, it's a pretty small label as well, but they've they've put out uh, releases with Bitch Falcon and uh, Stripes early stuff and La Galaxy as well I think oh yeah maybe I'm wrong but um, uh, yeah that's been great I mean it, increasingly now as the team starts like it, it as it starts to get like bands like six people got a management involved now in this mm. little label as well and it's just affording us more time to just knuckle down and work on the music and uh, any opportunity in that direction that we get is um, very appreciated. All oh, right, so like the other people can, uh, taking care of all the yeah. I t- I don't think I realized how mm. much mental energy was going into thinking about where to buy shell cases for cassettes and just the million emails a day. And it's not that we don't do any of that anymore. It's a big team, you know, but we're mm. all all hands on deck. But for the most part, our energy is going into just making the songs as uh, as good as we can. Yeah, right. Yeah, which yeah, that's what you're meant to be doing. But yeah. mm-hmm. so, but like a lot of bands wouldn't have that, you know, luxury. You know, now that not everyone's on. No, not at all. Yeah. On labels and so yeah. Yeah, look, I look. I just wonder about my son's band that they <laughs> they uh, keep talking about. We need a manager, but in one sense, I go. Is that there's a lot of stuff you can do yourself? You don't you don't want to be going. We need a manager. Yeah, unless it becomes too much. My main advice, and this was advice that was given to me very early on, was you will know when you need a manager. <laughs> it's right. when literally you can't. There's just too much shit going on for one person to deal with, or say two people in the band to deal with. Mm-hmm. And it got to the point where we're just getting booked for lots and lots of shit and we're trying to get 
studio time going and we're trying to get rehearsals going and we do everything and it just it got too much so um we were very blessed to be um to have joe from cwb come along and give us a hand mm. and and Maeve, yeah and uh just alleviate some of that just because and as i said then we can work on the music and we can yeah make the gig and, and genuinely like we've like we've talked about it a lot we think we feel more confident in the songs and the gig than we ever have before and that's not no small part of that is because we're you know because you have time we've time mm-hmm. to, that's what that's you focus on i'm that. not thinking about emails most of the time anymore i'm thinking about <laughs> yeah. songs you know? yeah yeah yeah, yeah. So that's the crack. I know, yeah. I tried to tell my son that. You don't need a manager, just do it, you know. Work on the songs, kid. Yeah. Work on the songs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, so, and are are you um, collaborating now when you're writing? So you, would you be coming up with ideas as well? And yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sort of new to the songwriting thing. Yeah. I, I've uh, slowly just building my... Building my my stuff on it but uh, yes slowly but surely integrating little parts in and throwing in ideas and and would you w- ever come up with something just purely from a jam or something a jam yeah man we mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to the studio next week to record a song which will be our next single which is mm. came from the room yeah and that's the first time that's ever happened mm-hmm. and, I, and to be honest uh, I think I think it's best song under the thumper name I don't know, that we've ever had I won't say the name just in case the scheduling of it changes or whatever and we have yeah, different singles sure, sure. but genuinely yeah it's and this new thing of relatively new thing of collaborating and working together is super freeing and really really great I think we're all you know it's new. It's new for us, and it's it right. Feels yeah, re- feels really but it's good. fine for you, and you you don't feel like you're losing no. control. No, not at all. No, no. Mm. I, I like it because there's like a there's like a, a most solid tree in the middle, which is Oshin, and that is like the sound of Thumper to a certain degree. Mm. And then everyone sort of like bring in their own little bits, mm. and then yeah, like the tree will always be there. But now there's just like new flavors and new sort of stuff coming in, mm. and yeah. An orchard is growing. I suppose. <laughs> 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 it's beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, so you've got a uh, festivals for the summer. Yeah. And there will be a new new singles l- uh, later on in the autumn. Yeah, we're or straight back into the studio now. Um, we're doing a bunch of festivals and doing yeah, C sessions, body and soul okay. this weekend. I don't know when this goes out. Might have already happened. Uh, yeah. When is this coming? I'll try and get it out before the weekend. Then sweet. There you go. So uh, <laughs> we're doing knocking stocking and we're doing. What else are we doing? Kaleidoscope? Kaleidoscope Festival, that new one. Uh, Independence. Th- no? I let it this out. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Hopefully. Maybe. Focus for Independence, definitely. Uh, we'll be... We're doing Picnic. We're doing Picnic. Oh, are oh. you? Class. Yeah, yeah well, I've said it now, so now it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> We've got loads coming up. You'll see us. Keep your ear to the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You'll um, hear us before you see us. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's true, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Like, we've done tours and we've played on very, very small stages. Yeah. And yeah. Just, we just can't stack each other vertically. And we just... <laughs> 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 That's the way it works. Yeah. No, it just has always worked. But it's always worked. But we're... 
it's too there's a lot of us like yeah people yeah. get scared when they see us people do get scared they think we're masters but we're not masters we're, we're not masters. I mean, yeah it must be because f- you've got to bring two uh, some um, bands can just bring a snare yeah I envy the three piece band like so yeah. much yeah we get a lot of friends who are in bands you know drums bass guitar bam get in yeah and go oh, sometimes I wake up in the middle of the night just cradling myself in the fetal position going oh to be a three piece <laughs> and then the next day you get another guitar player in the band oh yeah like, <laughs> you know what I mean I'm not getting I'm not gonna settle for less than two drum kits at this stage yeah <laughs> once you go two you don't go back yeah the wall of sound yeah, that's what you're going for yeah yeah man but like, so even if there is a drum kit there, you still have to bring another one. Anyways. You gotta bring another one. Have you got a van? Your sort own? of. Yeah, yeah. got a van. Yeah, there's, there's yeah. a van. There's enough. Like, we, there's enough. We can't really bring our, our sound engineer anywhere. Put them on the roof. Long suffering sound engineer has to get mm. separate flights and stuff. To all, or like, you know, he can't fit in the van with us because there's six seats, and six hours. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. We're gonna have to fix it. We're just gonna get a tour bus, I suppose. Right. Well, you haven't thought about this. You haven't thought it out financially, really, have you? <laughs> Just <laughs> <laughs> listen. I think it's a fool's errand to get into this. <laughs> yeah, this business for uh, for the money. Yeah, at this stage. God damn, <laughs> do we not have money? <laughs> it's for the love of the music. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, listen. Thanks for chatting. No problems. Speak uh, of music. We bought brought you a vinyl. Oh, but I'm not. I'm not sure if you like vinyl or not. Cause I do have it, a player. Yeah, you do have a player. Record player. Alan Stone's research. I was listening to Don't your your interview with uh, Fikra, Fikra, uh, Fikra Trench. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, he owns Meadows. That's like where isn't it? He's Meadows. He's Meadows, isn't it? The studio. You don't know the studio that he works in. No. No. I think it. I think yeah, because he has two sons that work in Meadows. But in that podcast, you were saying that you you don't like vinyl. Did the I? vinyl is just for hipsters and they just walk around uh, yeah, I, I say things like that just to annoy people. <laughs> okay. You but know, but my point was that I we brought vinyl. Mm. We brought a t-shirt so you can have a vinyl or a t-shirt. Whatever one you prefer. Yeah, I prefer vinyl. Sweet. Yeah, there's vinyl for you. Nice you one. Go. For all the podcast listeners, Alan's handing the vinyl. <laughs> yeah, have it here. Joe, he's, he looks really happy. <laughs> he smells it smells like amazing. <laughs> uh, thanks for having us on. Oh, that was brilliant. Oh, thanks mm-hmm. for coming on. But yeah, thanks a lot. Thanks, thanks
by Tamper. So what? I mean, they're amazing. Um, so I can't wait to see them live because I could just imagine the the uh, sound with two drummers. Uh I can't wait to see them. So I think I'll. I'll oh, well, they're playing at the Body and Soul this weekend and C sessions up in uh, Donegal, Bondoran, in it. And uh, body and soul, so they have a busy weekend coming up. Uh, but uh, I won't be at either of them. But I'm hoping to see them um, definitely at the electric picnic. So I'll be at that. I'll be at that. You know, man. So uh, by the way, if you want to check out something that I've done with Patrick McDonald, uh, there's a on me go on my Facebook page, and there's an amazing song called "Bring Back the Owl Potato." It's, it's such a great song, you know. It's, it's just a great composition. Um, harking back to the old days with the El Potato and all that kind of thing, you know. Do you remember the, the old days with just potato, no pasta, no couscous, no flipping rice, no farting muck. Potatoes. Uh, what gigs have I got coming up? Uh, I think I'm doing Ennis Gorthy. I certainly know I'm doing Ennis Gorthy, but when am I doing it? That's the question. It's uh, it's definitely in the... Uh, I'm going off to Glastonbury next week, so it wouldn't be next week. I'm doing gigs in Glastonbury next week. Or the 19th of July, I'm in Enniscorthy, and I can't remember the name of the venue, but it's the venue theatre there in uh, Enniscorthy, Tarty. Uh, I'm in Clarglen on uh, in Kerry on the 6th of July, so uh, look out for that if you're from Clarglen. And I'll be in Ballybofey, me and Patrick McDonald, that is, on the 20th of July. Ballybofey, sorry, in the theatre there. Uh... And if you're from Halifax, what are the chances? But if you are from Halifax, on the 25th of July, I'll be in the Lantern Bar in Halifax. And I'll be doing the Vodafone Festival at the end of the month, the 27th of July. You know, that's in the Ivy Gardens every year. And I'll be down at the All Together Now Festival in the the first weekend of August with the improv lads from uh, England. Uh the uh, Steve Frost Improv All-Stars I'll be down there I'll also be doing stand-up there and then after that for the whole of August or at least most of it I will be in the stand in Edinburgh at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival check that out half nine every night except I'll be coming back on the 9th and the 10th of August because I'm doing a festival in Bangor up in Northern Ireland on the 9th of August. That's all my dates. If you're still listening, thanks, thanks, thanks a lot for actually hanging on in there, listening to all that maiden shit. Right, so, uh, I was meant to, this was meant to be Ali O'Rourke. It's not, it's not, obviously, it was Thumper. So next week will be Ali O'Rourke. And then I've got interviews with uh, various people who were involved in the, uh, singers and composers and all that involved in the music musical industry and all that so uh, yeah listen thanks a lot for all that listening and sure uh, give us a, a thumbs over five stars or something like send me a postcard uh, on my uh, a virtual postcard on my website www.joerooneycomedian.com 
Uh, or on my Facebook or on my Instagram, follow me and see photographs of me and uh, looking really successful and happy on Instagram. Alright, see ya. Being a parent can be really challenging. It's normal to feel uncertain about whether you're doing the right things to raise healthy and happy children. That's why Child and Family Resource Network focuses on connecting pregnant parents and those with kids under the age of five with free support services to help them build confidence in their parenting journey. Everyone deserves to have someone they can turn to for support with parenting. Visit childandfamilyresourcenetwork.org today.